Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 1, Episode 6 of On the Prowl Podcast. We're here in the Joe Crying Shrine, or the Shrine to Joe Crying. I'm not really sure which one it is anymore. I'm Powell Cobb, Managing Editor of the Post Searchlight. And I'm Brandon O'Connor. We have, we have a very special guest with us this week. We, it's a bye week for the Bearcats, so no football game. So we were able to bring in the legend himself, Ralph Jones, to talk with us on some some Bearcat history, and how the Bearcats are doing so far this season. That's right. Ralph has a lot of excellent insight into uh, what a good team and what a championship team looks like, and he's been around the block a few times. He knows his football, and he's got a lot of awesome stories to tell. So without further ado, we'll get right into it. First three years I was here, you know, I was with uh, came from Florida State with Prescott for Scythe, was head coach at 74. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, he was here three years, and uh, he had a six and twenty-two record. Just real tough times. And then Miller Sheely, who came in, he was the um, son of a guy that went way back, Harry Sheely. That was an old field house was named here after him, and uh-huh. coached in the you know late late twenties. Uh, okay. And wow. he he took over as head coach, and I was his coordinator in offense, and then. He was three years and uh, didn't have a – we had a 14 and 16 season, and then Hyder came in, Hightower rather, a great coach from Georgia, mm. all, you know, Hall of Fame coach, and he was here one year. We got a lot of problems that went on. I see, I see. And we went to camp at Troy, and we lost about <laughs> 20 guys that because of a discipline issue. And we went, oh, at one – we won one game that year in eighty. Okay. And then he left after that year, after one year, and it was a disaster. And uh, what was your position uh, at that time? Yes, sir. I, I worked with the secondary at that point, I see. defensive okay. back. And then in '81, uh-huh. when I actually took the head took job, the yeah. so I was a seven-year assistant. You know, so I kind of thought you were looking more for history. That's kind of well, what yeah, no, we'll answer anything. No, let's let's talk about the history. Um, when you took over as head coach, what was your mentality going into that? Well, again, it was a change of attitude. We had, you know, we just didn't have any confidence that we could win. Yeah. And um, we'd like I said, we've gone through 15 years here with without a winning record. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the last winning record was in the early 60s. Wow. And with um, Onion Davis. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a, you know, and then Onion left, and he had a couple last couple of years kind of struggle, but he, uh, a guy that was with him, took over here. You know Sam Williams, and mm. he actually uh, was six and four the year, uh, the last year he was here. I see. And then we went through years and years, like fifteen years of different coaches, and just didn't have much success. So the change of culture and attitude, you know, uh, try to get better in facilities. We were really, I mean, you see our facilities now, you just can't imagine in the seventies how poor they were. Um, you know, the the field house was. Uh, torn down now it's actually where people park the old field house and it was there for years and years and bathrooms didn't work and we didn't have lockers or we didn't have any way to clean uniform it was just really in poor shape it just uh, you know we'd won in basketball you know they'd done a good job there uh, Charles Best was here he was actually the superintendent and head basketball coach and so we had some really good years of, of basketball and um, actually, his son Greg came along, who was inducted at Hall of Fame. And so, you know, I got hired by Charles um, as superintendent, uh, you know, back in 81. Mm-hmm. 
to follow Hightower. We'd gone through several coaches, and we went with Jimmy, and things didn't work out because of the boycott and the walkout. And uh, we had to play people like Val Doss, and they beat us 50 to oh, yeah. and uh, Lowndes. And, uh, you know, what was proud thing was we came back the next year in 81 when I took over, and it was remarkable the teams we, we beat, the people that beat us 50 and nothing. We, you know, we sit there and beat Thomas County 27 to 7. They'd beaten us really bad the year before. Uh-huh. Moultrie with Jim Hughes, a legendary coach in Georgia. We beat them 41 to nothing. Lowndes 49 to 6. And they'd beat us 42 to nothing in the year before. Sounds like a flip flop. And so, you know, we had a lot of, a lot of things to change, but that first year in 81 kind of really, we had a bunch of juniors. They had okay. been sophomores when we had to walk out. We had 20 players left that year Golly. when the season ended. And we had no prayer to win a game. In yeah. fact, we, the year of 80, when Hightower was here, his, that year he was here, we had to end up the season with Westover. And they were going to be in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And all the any papers went in and talked about it was no big deal. Bainbridge had gotten blown out 40 and 50 points all year with 20 players. And we actually won the ball game, 23-22 or whatever, the last game of the year. And those were sophomore kids that stayed with us. I see. And they just kept working. They didn't worry about the score. And there were nucleus of sophomores. And in 81, they were juniors when I took over Mm -hmm. and got the job. And when we had this, uh, you know, it was a a 5-5 and season, but it was a much better season than that because – we had beat people like Lowndes and Cockwood and Darty, mm. you know, mm. and we beat them pretty convincingly. Then in the end of the season, we'd beat Cockwood 41, Lowndes 49, you know, Darty 34. So we kind of set a good foundation. And then so we put fall hard, and they stayed with us, and they started buying in what we were doing, and that's the difference. Is what do you, can how do you get a player to do that? How do you get a player to buy in? Well, it takes a lot of work off the field. You know, they got to, you got to care about them, number one. You know, people want to ask me, what's changed? You know, I just recently, Coach Littleton asked me to speak to the football team right before the Rickards ball game. It was struggling a little bit. You know, but we play some, and I could get into that later, we play some tough games this year and have some really good competition Mm -hmm. with some great quarterbacks. And, you know, we, we, we had some injuries early and still continue to have some injuries, but. You know, I went out and spoke to them, and the deal was football's changed. I mean, it's wide open. There's a lot of points get scored these days, you know, and that run and shoot creates a lot of problems for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but one thing hadn't changed, and that's that attitude of that winning spirit, and that, you know, paying the price. Mm-hmm. You're special because you do pay the price. Right. You know, you're a member of a family. A lot of these kids were uh, – the coaches were their father figures, you know, and we tried to be that way. We wanted to, for them to feel like we could trust them, you know, they could trust us. We'd be there for them in the highs and lows. And I think that hadn't changed. You know, those kids have got to be – they want to, they need to be something than average, you know, and, and that's what we always preach. We're going to be better than average. Mm-hmm. And the only way you do that is have that gut-wrenching feeling in your gut. Mm-hmm. You know, you heard that old expression, that gut, that heart. Mm-hmm. But I truly believe that's what you have to instill first before you worry about whether I'm going to run the wing tee or the spread. You know, it was getting Absolutely. those kids to believe in the coaching staff, the work ethic. And, you know, all you can do is the next play. That's right. You know, you hear Saban and, and you know, uh, Coach K at Duke University, they talk about their kids, they drill the next play. 
You know, what do you do? Forget about what happened a moment ago. You can't worry about it. We couldn't worry about being one and nine the year before. We had to come back and play a tough schedule, and we knew we had better kids, and we knew we'd have them tested because of what went on. So the deal was forget about what happened last year. This is a new, fresh year. And that was, just, you know, basically what I tried to talk to our football team now with Coach Littleton was the fact that we've gone through some tough early games, but is the fight still there? Right. You know, is, is that hustle and pride still there? Right. And, and I say it is. I say our football team is fighting. They're playing. You know, uh, and I could see that hustle inside them. And it starts at practice, though. It right. really starts at practice. Right. You said you spoke to them before the records game? Yes, we did. You could, I can see the, the mentality change because they hustled their tails off during that records game. And then last week against um, – veterans well you know i told them that you know people have asked me year after year you know what what of those championship teams you had state championship teams what was the difference and and i keep saying it was that uh, that winning attitude that, yeah. and and that never never give up attitude and i kept telling those folks we call it the foxhole guys and yeah. that's what i always named those guys that if i had to go to war and i was in a foxhole I want to look over by my side and see those kind of guys that we're going to fight to the end. Right. You know, we may go down in a loss, but we're going to go, we're going out full speed. And um, I was super proud of our football team, the way they played in the last few weeks. They struggled a little bit, I guess, you know, at Dothan. And and it was a tough loss, you know, and it's a pivotal time in every season that you have to they have to step up. Yeah, and I tell you, our here. football coach is a great group. I mean, I've they watched are. those guys. You know, I'm a big fan of Jeff Littleton and his assistants. Mm. I've sat back and watched them coach over the years. In fact, uh, his father-in-law, you know, Clay Hill, he, yes. he was with Milt Miller for all those years. We battled Worth County, mm. and we're good friends, you know. And so I followed South Georgia football for a long, long time. Yeah. And I watched Cairo play, and I watched Littleton's defensive teams play. And yeah. I could see that, again, they, they're instilling those kids the work ethic, and they know what they're doing on the X and O's. You know? right. So it's right. just a matter of time. And, of course, they had a great year last year. Yes, they did. And uh, sometimes that's, that's a tough deal to come back the next year. Yeah, yeah. You, guys, you guys had that thing, or had that. You, you won the state championship. You came back the next year and still had an, another successful season. I think you went 10-2 and two the year after the championship. How hard is it kind of for what the – Bearcats are struggling with this year where you have such a successful season and then the expectations are raised. You have to go out there and do it again. And how, how hard is that to do that again the next season? It's and, very difficult because all of a sudden kids forget how they got there. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes, you know, as coaches, you don't change. You understood what it took. You know, the all season, the time, the weight room, you know, all this time they spent throwing the football, you know. But sometimes it's just the chemistry changes, you know. And, and sometimes you have a better senior class than you have others, you know. Right. Right. And, and these times of years when you don't have that senior class, some of the younger kids have got to step up and take that role and be vocal leaders, you know. And I'm not, you know, sometimes that's hard to do for a young kid. Sure. But, you know, just like, you know, Damien, I mean, he's a great player. He's yeah. got to be a leader on that football team. They look up to that kid. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and it's, he had to struggle early. He was hurt. You could tell he was hurt. He didn't. And now he's healthy. He looks. He's strong again. The guy's tremendous legs. Uh, runs through the box. But what he's great about is seeing that crease and just putting in another gear. All of a sudden, I yeah. mean, that's a great running back. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, you you've been around um, 
South Georgia football since the 70s. And have you – is there a guy that Damien reminds you of or have you seen a player like him in this area? A uh, guy named Andrews that uh, played for Thomasville High School back way back in the 70s. Okay. Uh, William Andrews played with the Atlanta Falcons. Wow. He was a big guy. And wow. he played uh, – in fact, my offensive coordinator, Don Hancock, who I hired as my offensive coordinator in 81 – uh, we're all, you know, buddies from Carroll High School days. You know, he was a quarterback. I was a quarterback there. So we had – but he coached with Jim Hughes during those years that Jim won a couple state championships, and Don called all the play. He had a guy – in fact, the 82 team, we went to the state championship game up in Gainesville. Yep. He was playing at that time, and he spoke to our football team. How about that? But he had huge legs, great power, and great acceleration. Okay. And he's about the closest thing I've seen in a long, long time was William Andrews at Thomasville High School. You know, I had a guy named Philip Bryant, a great running back. We, he was really a wide receiver. But we had to move him uh, to running back, you know, because uh, we had some injuries. Sure. In 82, we had a guy, uh, Calvin Close. Wasn't as strong a tight kid leg-wise and run through blocks, but just great speed and acceleration. And you know him in old Herschel Walker days, the guy go over the top. He was, a, he was great at that. Mm-hmm. You get inside the three, we'd put two tight ends, and we'd bring our ram, what we call big guys, in there. Mm-hmm. And we were going in from anywhere from three inside. We, you know, those days, things have changed. You're under center, and you're running right at people in the goal line. That's and right. so he'd go over the top with the best of them, you know. And he was a, a big, big reason we won the state championship was Calvin Close, you know. And, then, of course, we had Bobby Walden during those years that – Went on to Auburn, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, we had Jimmy Holton that uh, had to, we had to go on the road that year and beat Cairo on the road, and uh, they had three downs or four downs in, inside the five yard line, down the two or three yard line, and we held them all all downs. And then uh, Kenny Howard, who's now a doctor, played on that football team, intercepted a pass and back to the thirty five, and Scott Carroll, another doctor, medical doctor on that team. He sat there at the fullback, and we ran at him. Everybody in the stadium knew we were going to run the clock out, and they couldn't stop us on the ground. We were putting, you know, Scott was running the football, and our line was doing a great job of blocking. So uh, those kind of guys, those are the kind of guys that remind me, you know, of Damien. Mm-hmm. You, you, you mentioned it a little bit, but what do you think it is about Damien that makes him so special? Watching him on a, on a Friday night, what kind of really sticks out to you is, all right, this is why they, keep, they can't Well, he just him. keeps hitting. You know, we used to talk about in the old days of trap play. You know, the old trap, many people don't run the trap anymore. But people, you know, get up the field and you bring the guard across and you trap the guy and you break it inside. That was a great play in the, in the, in the older days. Now everything's zone read and those kind of things have changed. But we used to have a saying, you keep running it. You may get it nailed, at the, you know, with a one-yard gain. But if you keep running, sooner or later the guy's going to break it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the attitude of our coaching staff. Keep giving it to it. You know, I think Florida State, you look at their football game with a running back they got. You know, you keep giving it to that guy. Sooner or later he's going to make a big play for you. Mm-hmm. And and so, uh, but but think about Damien. He cares about it. He's, he's, he's a good boy. Uh, he's a good teammate. And, and the thing about it is uh, he understands that He's just one part of it, that offensive line. And I'm, I'm impressed with his maturity about understanding mm-hmm. that he gets yards because those guys up front are giving us You can't, you can't interview him after a game without him praising his offensive yeah. line and the wide receivers. 
and 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 you know nowadays that's a great trait when yeah. you always can give credit to your teammates. He understand. He gets it. He certainly does. And that's really special. You touched on it a little bit, and we've talked about the changes in the past 30 years, 40 years since you've coached. The attitude does not change. The want to and the hustle does not change. But how has the game changed since you coached? Well, I tell you, it's put a lot more pressure on the defense. I tell you, because, you know, I guess way, way back – you, you had those guys that, that could run the football, uh, but most of the running game went to the, to the offensive backs. A lot of high formation, you know, great tailbacks, mm-hmm. you know, a fullback blocker, mm-hmm. a lot of two tight ends, you know, maybe a slot. But now they're spreading you all over the field. And when you got a guy, you know, kind of got a guy at Louisville, I mean, it's amazing to watch that guy. Yeah. He's just a wonderful running back sitting there when you spread all your defense across the field and there's so many running lanes, you miss one tackle, he's going up the field for 30, 40 touchdowns. You know, so I think that thing has changed so much is the fact that defense is it's very difficult to play defense with a spread offense, mm. you know. And um, now, again, you've got to forget the big play. Like we said, nowadays you've got to forget it because there are going to be big plays in the game. That's right. Uh, and then the big thing too is with these offenses, though, if you're if you're good on first down and you're good on second down, yeah, you know things gonna move the clock. I mean, move the chain and hurry up. It's gonna cause problems. But you know, if you go all, I mean, if you don't get a first down or you know a short, then all of a sudden you know that offense is putting your defense right back on the field. Yeah, exactly. and you know you look at the years that. Uh, you know, saving early on one, he won it on defense and, and a tough big running back, mm-hmm. you know, like at Alabama. Uh, but he's evolved. You know, I mean, look at him now. He's, you know, tipping, spreading the ball around and yeah. making it tough for folks. But, again, defense wins championships. I'll say that. The folks that can stop people eventually win win the big games. Mm-hmm. And that's you what know? Bainbridge did in 1982, 7-6. to six. That, Y'all stopped them just enough to be able to get by in that game. Yeah, that game reminded me a lot this weekend with the storm. I mean, we went up there on Saturday. Bobby Gruen was the head coach, and he'd won the big games, a lot of games. Like, he'd went, been to the semifinals two or three times, mm. but never won it. So it was his time. He had a guy named Chris Carpenter, the quarterback. He was a great pro baseball player. And I tell you, our defense knocked him around. I mean, <laughs> a couple times he had to go out of the game, and he was dazed, but – Give him credit. I mean, he came back in, and yeah. he was a great player. But uh, it, the the field was terrible. It was a quagmire. I mean, it was raining. In fact, we went over. I did the the before the ball game on Saturday morning to Gainesville High, yeah. and said, "Look, let's try to get this thing moved." I mean, we're the visiting team. It's all our problems with us. Yeah, you know, we're traveling. You know, we're already up here. We were at the Falcon Center spending the night, but. We knew we our quickness was much better than theirs, and we knew it would hurt us that field, yeah, because our speed. And you know, Bobby knew it also, and he said, No, 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 we, we're gonna play the game. And it, Bainbridge crowd came on droves. I mean, it was terrible weather, it was cold, it never stopped raining, uh, the field was underwater. And um, uh, late in the third quarter, it was one of those you know, back and forth type deals. 
in bad weather to kicking game wins games. Yeah. I mean, you, just recently Notre Dame game, and just this past weekend and the mess they were playing. Playing in a monsoon. It came down in a kicking game. Yeah. Same thing happened over there because we were, you know, it was late in the third quarter. They fumbled on okay. our, in the five. Scott Carroll drove in for the five to score, and we went up. And, uh, you know, we tried to get the ball back uh, to our holder and kick the extra point. Mark Willis did a great job, who ended up coaching for me later on. He got played for me. He pushed the ball back on the tee, and we get it barely over for seven points. Then late in the game, it was a kind of a call. You go back and say, well, I should, maybe we shouldn't have done that. But the weather was so bad that we decided we would kick or punt the football, you know, on third down. Because we said if we miss the ball, we'll have fourth down mm. to make the next punt. Because yeah. we wasn't moving the ball. Oh, in <laughs> well, on third down, we punted it, and they returned it 49 yards oh, for a touchdown. <laughs> and I know everybody in the stadium's going, what is that guy doing? <laughs> you know, because, you know, we thought it was a great – and it was the right call. I mean, yeah. you see so many times the guy could have dropped it, we'd have had another opportunity to punt it. Yeah. But uh, Greg Waddell was our punter. He punted it deep. They returned it 49 yards for a touchdown. They line up for the extra point. And uh, I mentioned Chris Carpenter uh, was the quarterback there and the kicker. They snapped the ball. Of course, they tried to get it on the tee. The ball rolled down the ground. Their kicker picked it up and started for the – the yeah, left yeah. side of the end zone. He knew he was going to get tackled. He lateraled it to Chris Carpenter, the quarterback, who was going to be the holder, got up and followed him. And Mark Willis, who made our extra point, he was a defensive back, knocked him out of bounds on the one-foot line, and that was the difference Whew. Difference in the state championship game right there. So uh, the kicking game, uh, you know, it, you, it never changes down. either. If you win the kicking game, mm-hmm. you play good defense, you're going to win the majority of football games. Well, you've won a lot of football games in your tenure, and you've also also lost a couple too. Is there one game that you wish you could have back? Looking on your seven-year tenure as Bainbridge, well, back in the you know back in the late '80s, we were here. We had such a tough region. I mean, we had Mike Hodges who won state championships several in Georgia, and he was at Thomasville. We had uh, Charlie Wardo as a player at Thomas County Central for three years. Yep. Uh, I mean, we had athletes going all over the colleges. And and like I said, uh, the one thing I remember, back then, Thomasville had such a great winning tradition, and Central was winning. And we had them here, and we'd come close. And uh, we had Thomasville on the ropes here. And uh, late in the game, uh, they they faked the field goal and beat us uh, barely. But – that was a tough game. Uh, it was a tough game to stomach because we felt like we played well enough to win, and they played better uh, and, and made a big play there late in the game. Yeah. Uh, this didn't happen in Bainbridge, but one thing that always has been tough for me is going back when I went to Cairo, um, we had a football team that uh, got voted out of the playoffs. I mean, uh, we were like 9-1, and one, and back then um, – we had a we had Thomasville Central and Darty who had a great team and went went on eventually and won a state championship all in a three way tie and we played Thomasville High School the last George Bobo was the coach then Mike Bobo's dad yeah, yeah. and jo- and Mike was played quarterback that year and we had him in Cairo and everybody said well look you know if, if uh, 
Cairo beats Thomasville tonight. They deserve to go. You know, and we pretty much convinced our kids we win tonight. We're going to playoffs. And it just so happened we beat Thomasville that night in Cairo. And, again, it's not a Bainbridge thing, but one of the most disappointing things in the world for me to do as a coach is to go to a, a political vote where we had people that uh, were principals or good friends of people in Albany. And Thomasville, one of his, their Darty's coaches, was a Darty County's coaches was a Thomasville graduate. They oh. voted Thomasville in after we beat them that night. Beat Darty in, who, again, it was uh, of superintendents and principal friendships. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to go back, and, and me and my principal, Wayne Tool at the time, had to go back and meet with our football team, and they were devastated. They could not believe the fact that we were sitting home and then uh, Thomasville and Thomas County Central and those guys moved on into playoffs. You know, so that, that was a tough thing to do for kids. They cried like a bunch of babies, and mm, I cried right along with them because yeah. they had gotten so much better. But that, those things happened. But I will say Georgia High School, Change that rule after that year. Did now they? they now they play it off. If they yeah. had to play on a Monday night, you play it off, and that's the only way to do it. You don't do it in a conference room on a boat. So that was a tough thing to to have any football team face, and yeah. knowing that they'd just beat a team that went on and moved into the playoffs. Yeah. So. You mentioned Charlie Ward summon during that. What was it like seeing him play in high school? <laughs> just like he did in college. I mean. <laughs> We would we we you know we'd line up nine and we'd get you know we'd get a third and two and we'd get a first down, you know we'd run the football and it'd be a third and one and we'd get a first, and we'd drive it and drive it and we'd score, you know, and then Charlie would get it and go bump bump boom he'd go fifteen yards get out of bounds <laughs> nobody's touched the guy, yeah. you know I mean he was amazing you could tell and uh, you know. He played basketball, and I watched him. His daddy coached him in basketball, Charlie Sr. Yeah. And we used to give Charlie Sr. a fit because we said, Charlie, you know, why don't you let the boy score? Yeah. You know, he's the best guy on the field, but his daddy was so good about being an assist guy, being a team player. He held Charlie back in high school, basically, <laughs> from what he could be because that guy could score 40 or 50 if he wanted to every night yeah. on the floor. But Charlie Senior, his coach, head coach, you know, wouldn't let him shoot. And we're going, you, you, come on. Man. You got to be kidding. But Charlie was an amazing high school football player. And, you know, he we've had some really tough games. He beat, I think, 19 to 7 uh, one game, 10 to nothing the next game. And uh, so he had a remarkable career, you know. And of course, you know, Thomasville in those days when we were playing them would. Mike Hodges was there in the 80s. You know, Worth won a state championship or two. Yeah. Uh, Lowndes won one or two. Valdosta won two or three. Yeah. Uh, Moultrie won one or two. I mean, every year we were playing people, eventually we're going to win the state championship. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I remember Thomasville having three or four guys that went on to the University of Georgia, the Jones brothers. That one played at Tech, was an All-American, one at Georgia, uh, Sean Jones, uh, uh you know, they they were just remarkable players back then in, mm-hmm. in this league. And um, you, every week you had to meet someone that was well coached. So yeah. you wasn't going to out coach many folks. Yeah. The best thing you could do was, you know, get some luck and be better prepared and maybe the ball bounce your way. But um, the thing that I was proud about is throughout all these years, we had guys would fight you no matter what the score. And we, and we stayed in most of our games. It's very seldom that 
we'd lose a, a, big, yeah. a big game. And if we did, we put it on the bulletin board for the next year. I mean, yeah. it was like the Lowndes deal when they beat us 42 to nothing the year of Hightower's year. And the next year, we went over and beat them 49 to nothing. And I remember what Joe Wilson was the head coach. And after our game, he said, Ralph, maybe you should have saved some of those points for the playoffs. I said, yeah, kind of like you saved those 42 the year before yeah, so yeah. it was always that kind of relationship in our region and you go to region meetings and you look around and of course I was kind of at all a lot of times I was 29 30 years old with these guys and you know you got Nick Hyder to Bazemore Hyder Field and mm. Jim Hughes and Moultrie who won two or three state championships and legends, Gene yeah. Brody at Valda. I mean it just went on and on with the guys that you know that, that had won championships yeah, and, yeah. and the people you had to line up yeah. Week to week with, you know. Very so. impressive. Does, does Charlie stick out, or is there somebody else that you would say is the best player you've seen in person? Oh, Eric Curry. Eric Curry. Okay. Yeah, he went on to Alabama. And, it was like a running back? No, he was a defensive end. Defensive end. Okay. He was about 6'3", 240 as a high school player. We didn't see those kind of guys back no. then. No, yeah. He was a remarkable player. Um, and I'll say this, uh, you know, uh, of course, Damien's in that group. Mm-hmm. Calvin Close, running back I had, was in that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Jimmy Holton. You know, Jimmy Holton was one of the strongest guys at that time, went on to the University of Georgia, and then later transferred to Florida State. Um, but this guy could bench press the world. Jimmy could. And, mm-hmm. in fact, in the Cairo game, we beat them. It was a must-win on our state championship year. We played on the road in Cairo. We had to win that ball game. And um, they had Duke Donaldson went to Auburn. They had Trey. I mean, they had some great players from over there. Um, and we're on the three-yard line, like I said, and going in. We were going in at that time. And later on, I find out that Jimmy's up there telling the guys in front of him, we're fixing to run right here, <laughs> and you're not going to have be able to stop it. You know, and, it, and that was a true story. I mean, and, and you know, we go in and score and win the thing, thing seven to nothing. But he was that confident. Yeah. And he was a great team leader. Uh, and he he just loved it. He bled purple and gold. Mm. Uh, he loved to win and fight better than anybody. So he was, a, he was a tremendous player in high school football. Excellent. Excellent. Well, on that note, Coach, We'll say thank you for stopping by, and we appreciate your time. It was a pleasure talking to you and getting some uh, insight into your career and all the things that you've seen and done and accomplished. So. Well, again, God's blessed me a lot. I mean, uh, again, to, to have the success that I was able to have, to have the coaching staff, and I have to mention those guys. And you know, like I said, mentioned Don earlier, and Steve Bench was my line coach and strength guy. And I tell you, a guy would work the living daylights out of kids and demand so much out of them in the weight room that they were confident because of that, you know. Mm-hmm. And Sonny Smart, you know, yeah. uh, Kirby's dad, I hired him in 81. He came from over in Alabama. Uh, he was a, a, a head coach, and he wanted to come to Georgia, and I hired him as my defensive coordinator and just a wonderful guy, number one, but a heck of a defensive coach. And, um, you know, then I had uh, – you know, Dr. Clark, Larry Clark, who, yeah. he worked my inside linebackers, you know, and Pete Reeves out of Thomasville High School, uh, Thomas County Central came in and coached the secondary. And I coached the quarterbacks. And so we had a great staff. And they yeah. were loyal. We were we were type of group that, you know, 
things get tough, you circle the wagons. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if things aren't going well, you're a family. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you hear a lot of noise and a lot of crap during the season. And, you know, you got that as a group and a family, and you just have to stick together and fight through the tough times. And those are the kind of guys that they've been successful where they've been before. They believed in, in kids. They took care of their kids. And, and it showed up on the football field. So I couldn't have, you know, been as successful without a doubt without those guys because, mm. you know, together everyone achieves more. That's a saying that everybody has, but mm. it's absolutely the truth. And um, when things do go wrong, you want those people that you know you can trust and count on. And I keep yeah. saying that, but that's so important in this game. And, you know, I had the opportunity to coach a lot of great kids, and they've gone on to be very successful. And that, you take a lot of pride in that yeah. because – you know, football's a short-time game, you know. Just not that many years you have opportunities. And at least high school's the best time in the world. Yeah. I mean, those guys will come back, and they may play at Georgia, they may play at Tech or wherever, and they loved high school football because it was a pure game. Yeah. They played it because they loved it. They played because they were little and looked at those people that played before them and wanted to be a Bearcat. Mm-hmm. And so that's the rewarding part of coaching. And the other thing that – People ask me, what did you miss after you got out of coaching? The camaraderie Mm. with the coaching staff was that one thing. And just the fun stuff of working with a bunch of kids. You stay young. You know, you look at these things on TV, you know, even in the pros. They're a bunch of young guys, young men that just enjoy being around each other. Mm -hmm. You know, what goes on in the locker rooms during practice, after practice, you know, all the fun that goes with that, yeah. you know, the ups and downs and that goes with the football stuff, but the friendships and the bonds that you create, when you have these reunions, they come back and it's almost like, regardless if they're a doctor or if they're a janitor, mm-hmm. they still assume that role that they had on that football field. Right. And every year we ever won, we had those key players that everybody wants to talk about. But almost every time we had great seasons, we had a group of oh eight or 10, 11 seniors. A lot of them didn't even play. Yeah. But they were such a strong bond and leadership that it made a huge difference in our football team. Yeah. So that camaraderie and the fun of being involved with a family, yeah. you know, is is really the big the big thing that I feel like most people miss in, in coaching. And when I got into leadership, I took the superintendent principal jobs. It was different because you're dealing with budgets, you're dealing with money, you're dealing with political issues. When I was coaching, I didn't work. It's just you and the team. I just had a great time doing what I did. Mm -hmm. And uh, for 23 or 4 years of it, it was was a fun time. And and I look back with great memories. And I want to say, first of all, post-search light is – uh, it's been a great, great to our program over and over. Joe Klein, we always say about him, and mm-hmm. so you know, we just—it's just been a good community uh, bond to everybody on Friday night to go out and be a purple and gold. And yeah. you know, I just uh, wish the Bearcats more luck as we move through the season. Lots, lots of things to play for. Still, a lot of things to uh, to Regions get done. Still this wide year. open right now. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Thomas County's big key game. That's right. You know, no doubt it. Got to be on the road there. That's right. Um, but other than that, you know, I see our team. Uh, they've adjusted. Our coaches have adjusted to what we do well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wish we had a, a big time receiver. You know, yeah. I think that would open us up a little bit more. I'm afraid sometimes that, you know. 
people are going to try to load the box and just hopefully we'll be able to throw it enough to keep it honest. But overall, um, you know, uh, I just look for better and better things for Jeff and his group and our Bearcats as we move forward. And like I told him, anytime I can be of any help, uh, I sure can't call a play anymore (laughs) or line up a defense. But uh, if I can help him anyway in Bamers to to get the things he needs done, Mm -hmm. I'll be more than happy to help him. That's awesome. It sounds like you've already done some of that this season, talking to the team. Thank you again, Coach, for coming by. uh, Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Coach Ralph Jones and his uh, years and years of experience as a football coach in Bainbridge and and abroad, too. Yeah, so it it really does seem that, like, not much has changed so much from from his time as as a coach to the the Bearcats now. You, You have your successful seasons. And then sometimes you can have those little bit of struggles afterwards. And it is that time for the Bearcat Band Trivia Question of the Week. You'll once again have a chance to win a $5 gift card to the concession stand at the next home game. First person to comment on the Facebook post with the correct answer. Now, Damien has had the two best rushing games in school history in the last two weeks, going over 300 yards both times. And in those two weeks, he is now also the all-time leading rusher in Bearcat history. So kind of a follow-up to last week's question, this week's trivia question, are who are the lat- who are the two running backs that Damien has passed on the all-time list in the last two weeks as he moved from third to first in the all-time rankings? So now who is the second place and the third place all-time running backs for Bainbridge football? Absolutely. And that's rushing yards, correct? Rush, career rushing yards. All right. Excellent. That's a, that's a good question. That's a very good question. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you all enjoy this bye week. Next week, Friday, 7.30 p.m., Thomas County Central in Thomasville. We hope to see you there. It's going to be a big game. It's going to be a huge game. Big region matchup. We want to see Bearcat Nation show up proudly. Thank you all.